Welcome to Equipus Church Dunedin. We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Will Levy. For more information, check out equipuschurch.com. Thank you, worship team. All I can say is where else in Dunedin can you be led in praise and worship by the Terminator? And nowhere else in Dunedin. I would even dare say nowhere else in New Zealand right now. That's all right. I love it. I love it. It's all good. And some people got terminated. What? Some of you are t- too young. I'm too old. Um, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for who you are. Don't you just love those, those candles? Even when anyone opened it already and like the fragrance filling the room. They're amazing, those candles, because you do really pick up Margaret, the mother, in that, in that uh, um, I was going to say infomercial, but it's not an infomercial. <laughs> a mother in, that, in the video of the testimony. Just, I know her personally, and, and, and she's a good friend of Desiree's and both Colin is as well, but you just, you just know the heart behind uh, her as a mom, but also her reaching out to all of, the, all, of the, all of that community as well, and so just really cool, and Though just see a great a great story from a great idea, and just seeing a, a community impacted uh, through that light, through that as well. Those those candles are um, just amazing, just amazing, and and they are they are very 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 good quality. And so um, I hope you enjoy them. To all the amazing ladies in the life of the church, cool, um, awesome. Well, I want to um, continue preaching what I was hearing about this morning, but totally. Different, but the same. Does that make sense? We're, we're in, if I don't know what's going on, that's all right. Um, I want to just I want to share some thoughts this morning, uh, tonight, 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 around when it doesn't look like you thought. All of us have had times in our life when it hasn't come out how we thought it was going to come out. You've planned, who's planned a camping trip and everything's going to be amazing. The sun's going to be shining. The tents are going to be, all the poles for the tents are going to be there. Uh, It's just going to be amazing. But the truth reality is you lost half the poles to the tent the year before. It rained the entire time and you're just standing in mud and it's not fair. It's summertime. Maybe it's just me venting. I'm not sure. But like sometimes there's moments where you've done an all-nighter and you thought you made sense in your essay and you handed it in you and you got it back and you were trying to figure out what language you wrote it in and it didn't come out the way that you thought it was supposed to come out. Life, life will have those moments. When, when it didn't come out the way that we thought it was going to go, whatever we planned, uh, and, and I want to encourage us tonight through some amazing woman in the Bible about how to just keep keeping on keeping on. I love the fact that my amazing wife, mum, friend, she, she just knows how to keep on keeping on. And I'm very blessed to have her as my wife. But, you know, I want to encourage you. It's just an amazing, just an amazing thing to be able to keep on keeping on. So I want to share this, this, this evening around um, Genesis chapter 17. If you know of Genesis, or, or the book of Genesis, God reveals himself to Abraham or 
Sooner later, to be called Abraham, and and Sarai was Abraham's wife, and her name got changed to Sarah, and and all that sort of stuff, and that, and because when the Holy Spirit came upon, anyway, a whole lot of back teaching here, um, but we're at where it is where we're with um, Sarai and and Abraham, and she does get named Sarah, and and he gets named Abraham, because of the faith that they have. Uh, it was, says the Bible says that God counted Abraham's faith to him and counted his righteousness. And, and this was the very first time that someone had replied to what God had called them into. So anyway, in Genesis chapter 17, verses 15, it says, God also said to Abraham and Sarah, your wife, you are no longer to call her Sarai. Her name will be Sarah. And I will bless her and she will... Surely give you a son by her. I will bless her so that she will be the mother of nations. Kings of people will come from her. Pretty cool promise, right? That's the light. This is what it's meant to be like. Abraham fell face down and he laughed and said to himself, so have you ever been knocked off your chair laughing? Have you ever fallen on the ground and laughed? This is what Abraham did to God. He, he, he fell off his horse laughing at God. I don't know about you, but I don't know if I could do that. Will a son be born to a man 100 years old? Will Sarah bear a child at the age of 90? And Abraham said to, said to God, If only Ishmael might live under your blessing. Ishmael was um, another son born to another person, if you need to know. Then God said, yes, but your wife Sarah will bear you a son and you will call him Isaac, part of the promise. So we've already heard part of the promise is that she will bear a son and he'll be kings of, there'll be kings and people will come from her. Now there's even more definition saying, I've even got a name for him. I will establish my covenant with him as an everlasting covenant for his descendants after me. And, and then it goes on, as for Ishmael, he'll bless him as well. Genesis chapter 18, jump down a little bit further. Where is your wife? Angel of the Lord talking to, to Abraham again. Where is your wife? They asked him. There in, a, uh, there in a tent, he said. Then one of them said, I will surely return to you about this time next year, and Sarah, your wife, will have a son. Now Sarah was listening at the entrance to the tent, which was behind him. Abraham and Sarah were already very old, Sarah was past the age of childbearing, so Sarah laughed to herself as she thought, I, after I, I am worn, after all, I am a worn out, excuse me, after I am worn out and my Lord is old, will I now have this pleasure? Then the Lord said to Abraham, why did Sarah laugh and say, will I really have a child now that I am old? Is anything too hard for the Lord? And I will return to you at the appointed time next year, and she will have a son. Have you ever had the opportunity to laugh at what God's asked you to do? It's not a great question, is it? Desiree and I, we were in London, and we were just loving serving the church. We were enjoying serving the church. Desiree was leading a lot of things in the life of the church, and I loved, I loved packing boxes in. I was part of the production team. We had a good time and, and all that. And then one day we got asked to go and meet Pastor Bruce in, in his office. And you're like, okay, cool. That's fine. That's all right. 
You know, like, by the way, going and having meeting up with the pastor is not like meeting up with the headmaster or, or the chief police or something like that. They actually genuinely do care for you. Just side note right there. We're not, they're not there just like to tell you off. Anyway, come back to it. So anyway, we go into the office and Pastor Bruce is there and he's just come back from his sabbatical three months off and he, he's just talking to us. How are you doing? We're like, yeah, we're good. And, and then he's like, hey, um, and by the way, um, you guys are from Wellington. Yeah, we're from Wellington. Well, um, you know where Marston is? Yeah, I, I know. I've heard of Marston. I've been there a couple of times. Um, but well, hey, how about leading the church in Marston? I, I had to look around. We had to look around. Who else is in the room here? Who are you talking to? What? I, I, I literally laughed. Much, maybe not quite like this, because sometimes we are responses that we laugh at what God asks us to do. But the Sarah here, she had a reason to ask, and a lot of us we have re- reasons to ask or a reason to laugh at God. And but I want to encourage you tonight. When God asks you to do something, He'll enable you to do it. It is see, see, see. There's nothing like saying yes to God and then seeing the miracle of a God come through. Like Sarah and Abraham both laughed, both had a, 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 a like a pretty normal response to because it was a crazy idea that could how could their bodies produce a child, and they laughed, but a miracle happened. Out of their faith then and out of their heart of obedience, a miracle then happened. You know, sometimes our laughing is, is an outward reflection of the fear that is in our heart. I, I, I laughed because I just thought it was humorous. Pastor at church, <laughs> that's funny. It was, like, it was almost as good as some of my jokes. I, I have a lot of funny jokes. So let me tell you some. No, I'm not allowed. I'm not allowed. I'm not allowed. But, but like, I laughed because there was fear in my heart. Sarah laughed because there was fear in her heart. Abraham laughed because he just like, Whoa, I'm just old. And we laugh. But here's the thing. In 1 John chapter 4, verse 18, it says, There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out all fear. See, see when God asks you to do something, he's going to enable you and anoint you to do it. But the thing that we have to push back is we've got to push back the fear that comes in and think, well, who am I? Yeah, yes, you. And I, I want to encourage you. Know, you know, another amazing, amazing woman in, 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 the, in the Bible is Esther. Is, some of you may know the story of Esther and a, a queen uh, needed to be replaced. And, and there was this whole situation, scenario. She had to go through two years of of um, uh, beauty therapy and all that sort of stuff to, so that she'd be presentable for the king. And I, look, don't blame me. I'm reading the story here. And um, <laughs> Just turn up yourself. You'll be fine. Uh, but, um, and then there was Haman and Mordecai, and there's a whole lot of stuff going on. And basically someone was out to take out the, the Israelites, the Jewish people. There's a de- whole decree and all that sort of stuff. If you, if you want to read the book of Esther, read the book of Esther. You'll get it a whole lot better than this. But then Mordecai, her, I think it was her cousin uh, at the time, was just say, hey, Esther. This is what he said. If you keep quiet at this time, uh, if, if you keep quiet at, this, at a time like this, deliverance and relief for the Jewish Jew, Jews will arise f- 
from some other place. But you and your relatives will die. Who knows? Perhaps you were made for queen for such a time as this. And it's the probably the most quoted passage of scripture out of Esther. And fear could have gripped her heart, but she then stepped into the love of God. She stepped into the faithfulness of God. See, tonight, the first point that I want to get across to you is, you know, perfect love casts out all fear. Sometimes we're unsure about what God is calling us to do, but sometimes we know what God's calling us to do, but there's fear in our heart because, because of fear of failure, fear of all sorts of things. Many, some of you will know my fear of being at school. And then before I became a pastor, I needed to go to Bible college. When I heard the word Bible and college together, I froze, hated it. I ended up going to Bible college with Hannah. It was great. She sung the entire time. But I had to go to Bible college and there was fear in my heart. Why? Because I failed everything at school. E's did not stand for excellences. It was A, B, C, D, E. E, e was, even wasn't, like, you didn't even get an E for effort then. It was E for e, just enough ink to write this report. I'm not sure. But like, when, like, I just got fearful. But I knew that God had called me into it, and so I knew that I had to push through. You know, we've got to understand that, the, that God's love endures forever. Have, have you read Psalm 136? Sometimes when fear grips you. Sometimes when you're in a place where you're uncertain and what, what to do. I want to say, get into the Word of God. Get into the Word of God. And if you're, if, you're, if you're short of words like me, just read the passages that repeat themselves. Psalm 136, because this is an easy one, and it's a real good one to get, get into your spirit. It says this, Give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. His faithful love endures forever. It goes on, okay, okay, I've got that, God. Let's keep going. Give thanks to the God of gods. Why? Because His faithful love endures forever. All right, God, okay, I've got that. Give thanks to the Lord of lords. Why? Because his faithful love endures forever. Verse 4, give thanks to him who alone does mighty miracles. Yeah, he does do miracles. Why? Because his faithful love endures forever. Give thanks to him who made the heavens so skillfully. His faithful love endures Forever. Sometimes we've got to get the Bible into ourselves and preach to ourselves. You go, okay, God, I, I feel like laughing in this instance. I feel like this is a joke, but I know that you're calling me into this. And I've got to stir ourselves up. Many of us will know 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7, where it says, God's not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and a sound mind. And we've got to get into the Word and stir ourselves up. See, Psalm 136 just keeps going. It says, give thanks to him who placed the earth among the waters. His faithful love endures forever. Give thanks to him who made the heavenly lights. His faithful love endures forever. The sun to rule the day. His faithful love endures forever. God's faithful love endures forever. Do you know that God's faithful love endures forever? That's right, because like the psalmist who wrote this knew it was going. They were only up to eight. It takes twenty six times. That's how many times it says his faithful love endures forever. His faithful love endures forever. It keeps going and going and going. There's a point that he's trying to make. His faithful love endures 
forever. See, for Sarah and Abraham, they had to learn, they had to know that God's faithful love endures forever. I pray tonight you know that God's love endures forever. He's called you and He's anointed you and His faithful love endures forever. See, through Esther, she had to pluck up the courage to go before the king. It was a life and death situation. You can't just waltz into the king's court and think you're going to get away with it. No, he had to extend his, his arm and, and welcome her back in. And there was a moment where, God, where she had to choose. Did she stand on her own conviction or did she stand on the conviction that God placed inside her heart? In, um, in Luke chapter 18, I love that there's a parable uh, uh, that Jesus teaches us around, uh, around the persistent widow. Another amazing woman in, in the Bible, and I know it's a parable, but I love the fact that Jesus used this woman, this, this amazing lady, someone who was a widow, someone who's been through some stuff, who's lost some stuff, who's had some pain, who's obviously in a place where, where she's, she's needing God to come through. And, and the Lord uses her as, as this, in this parable and says this. One day Jesus told his disciples a story to show that they should always pray and never give up. There was a judge in a certain city, he said, who neither, neither feared God nor cared about people. A widow of that city came to him repeatedly saying, Give me justice in this dispute with my enemy. The judge ignored her for a while, but, but finally he said to himself, I don't fear God or care about people, but this woman is driving me crazy. I'm going to see that she gets justice um, because she is wearing me out with her constant requests. Then the Lord said, learn a lesson from this unjust judge. Even he rendered a just decision in the end. So don't you think God will surely give justice to his chosen people who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he, he will grant justice to them quickly. But when the Son of Man returns, how many will he find on the earth who have faith? This amazing parable. Uh, that the, the Lord is teaching people to pray and never give up. See, the first thing tonight is this: what to what to do when when things aren't, don't look like the way that they're supposed to look. Is the first thing is to know that God loves you. Yeah. You're like, oh, I've been in church a long time. I've heard it before. Great, hear it again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hear it again tonight. I, I don't know about you, but I I, I I love it when God reveals His love to me afresh. And at a, at a new stage, but he loves you and his faithful love endures forever. But the next thing is the parable of the persistent widow talks about to pray without giving up. Pray without giving up. Just think about that for a second. I know we've prayed. And I know we pray. But have you given up on something? Has you, have your prayers ceased? For a certain topic or a certain situation, it's like, oh, well, this is it. This is how it's going to be. Now, Jesus is teaching us a parable here through this persistent widow, uh, someone who's been through hurt, been through pain. Could you keep praying? Could you pray again? 
Could you, could you pray to the point where you drive the unjust judge crazy and that even he has to render a good decision? You know, I was reading this parable at one stage and one time and I haven't got the, the, the scholarship or the backing for this, but if I was to pick someone who didn't fear God or care about people, there'd only be one person I'd pick. And that's the devil. See, even in this, when we pray, even in this, I'm just hypothetically in, in just some of my own musings and thinking, even in this, in the end, he has to let go of the stronghold that he has on. He has to give over. Why? Because of our persistent prayer and our victorious, righteous Lord of lords and King of kings. He has to give over. But I want to say, don't give up praying. Don't give up praying. Don't give up praying. Always pray and never give up. Otherwise, what's the point in putting the parable in the Bible? Everything is in the Bible for a reason. I want to encourage you tonight. The love of God endures forever. Your prayers work. Your prayers matters. Your prayers are going to get answered. Never give up. And in fact, Paul teaches in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18, pray in the Spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. Isn't that a great encouragement? Do you know that we pray? And we pray for you. We pray for each other, but we pray for you. We pray for the city. We pray for everyone. That we're just obviously that's a, a wide lot of it, but we do it in corporate prayer. But we pray individually as well. We pray for our, our, our worship teams, our leadership teams, our kids teams. We pray. We pray that they know God's grace. We pray that they know God's favor. We've seen many people, many young adults, and people come through the life of the church. We pray for you. We pray that the call of God will come real and come alive. We've seen many different people come through the life of the church and we've seen them going on to doing the things that God has called them into. Why? Because people pray. I love the fact that the first Monday of every month we pray down here. We believe and we pray. Every, every Sunday morning we pray down here. Culture of prayer. I love that as a group of older, older generation get together and pray. Pray. Why? Because there's power in prayer. There's power in prayer. Pray in the Spirit at all times. Never give up. Be present. Persistent, sorry. Be persistent. You know, another thing, when, when things don't go the way that we thought is, sometimes you've got to hold tight to the promise rather than just the present. See, with Sarah, the promise, and Sarah and Abraham, the promise is that she would, Bear children, bear, bear kings to the generation. She would have a son and she would name him Isaac. Sometimes in the, in, the, in the right now, we can't see the promise. But sometimes we've got to step back and go, okay, God, in the now, I can't see it, but I know that you've given me a promise. Another scripture for the love of God is in Romans chapter 8, verse 38. It says, I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither, neither our fears for today nor our worries about tomorrow. Not even the power of hell can separate us from God's love. I want to encourage you tonight. Keep going. Just keep going. God loves you. He needs for you. 
The last, um, the last point I want to share tonight, and the music team, why don't you guys come back up, please? The last point I want to share tonight is you can't be, you can never be separated from the love of God, and the faithful love of the Lord endures forever. Hold on to the love of God through everything. Hold on to it. Hold on to the passion of prayer. Never, never give up praying because God will always answer. God will always answer. Another amazing woman in, 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 in a parable was in, in Luke chapter 15. It's the parables of the lost sheep, the lost coin, and the lost son. But in verse 8, it says, And suppose a woman has ten silver coins and loses one. Why don't she light a lamp and sweep the entire house and search carefully until she finds it? And when she finds it, she will call in her friends and neighbors and say, Rejoice with me because I have found my lost coin. In the same way, there is joy in the presence of God's angels when even one sinner repents. I love the fact that the Lord chose to use a woman in this moment because, you know, it's, it's, I, I like, this is my musings, I like the fact that the Lord used a, a shepherd, I'm not trying to be generalized, generalization, but a shepherd is sort of that, that person who will go out and he'll protect He'll, he'll go after the sheep that gets lost. He'll, he'll go and find it. And a little bit like, I guess, David who, who shepherded sheep and he bit back lions and bears. And, and I'm sure there's some amazing woman that could do that as well. But I love the fact that Jesus narrows it down just a little bit to 10 items and, and, and to something of value. Because there's one thing I've learned is that the compassion of, of, of ladies, the compassion of females is, is a beautiful thing. I know men have compassion as well. Get me right, get me wrong. But I love the fact that there was a value on this coin. There was such a value that she'd light lamps and sweep the entire house. I don't know, when was the last time you did a sprinkling and you found a whole lot of things that you're like, oh, there it is. Checked under the couch lately. Kicked, checked in the couch lately and you find all these things but there's this the value and that this woman shows she just knew that she couldn't lose this coin and she found value in finding it and the, what I love is that the celebration in the heart of this lady where she's like hey neighbors I found it I found it Maybe she was a resourceful woman as well, and she had all the neighbors looking for it. I'm not sure. But she said she, she rejoiced with them because she had found what was lost. She knew the value of it. And I want to encourage you, don't ever give up on something that you think is lost, but the power of prayer and keep praying through it because you'll find it. And celebrate. Celebrate what you have as well which leads me into 2 Kings chapter 4, and it's Elisha, and he helps a widow. 
There's a story which the outcome's pretty horrendous. Or could be. And one day the, a widow of a member of the group of prophets came to Elisha and cried out, My husband who served you is dead and you know how he feared the Lord, but now a creditor has come threatening to take my two sons as slaves. Talk about things going from bad to worse. What can I do to help you? Elisha asked. He said, tell me, what do you have in the house? Nothing at all except a flask of olive oil, she replied. And Elisha said, borrow as many empty jars as you can from your friends and your neighbors. Then go into your house with your sons and shut the door behind you. Pour olive oil from your flask into the jars, setting each one aside when it is full. So she did as she was told. Her sons kept bringing jars to her, and she filled one another and another. Soon every container was filled to the brim. Bring me another jar, she said to the one to one of her sons. There aren't any more, he told her. And the olive oil, then the olive oil stopped flowing. When she told the man of God what had happened, he said to her, Now sell the olive oil and pay your debt, and you and your sons can live on what is left over. What an amazing passage of story. I don't know if you could ever put yourself in it where you've just had the, well, I don't know how recent she was widowed, but then debt collector was coming, and, and the, the answer, the price that she could only pay would have been her only two sons. Now, if you know context and Everything and of the time of, of where they were living, the two sons were her life. Her two sons were there to then look after her, and if they were gone, well, she was going to go. And then God knew her situation. But I love what Elisha, the prophet of God, just says. He says, "Tell me, what do you have in the house?" You know, sometimes when things don't work out the way that we think they are. Sometimes we've just got to go to God and say, God, all I've got is this. Sometimes it could be a, a tearful praise song. Sometimes it could be a, a heartfelt prayer. Sometimes it could be, God, I've, I've got this. But when He just says, tell me what you have, and you surrender it and you give it over to Him, you see a miracle happen. See, some of us never, ever see or step into that miracle because we, we choose to hold on to, the, to, to what we think will get us through. But I want to encourage you tonight. Come on, just give God what you have. When you feel like things aren't going the right way, Lord, this is all I've got. This is all I've got. Can I just encourage you students if you... If you're studying this year and you're getting to the end of yourself, don't miss Sundays. Because Jesus will take the worship. He'll take the praise. Don't, don't use Sundays up to catch up on study. You watch what God does when you give Him Sundays. He'll get the olive oil and He'll pour and He'll pour and He'll pour. You know, there's a whole lot of stewardship in and around stuff, but don't give up Sundays. Don't. Just give Jesus what you've got. Thank you for listening to this message recorded live at Equipus Church, Dunedin. We pray that it blessed you. For more information, please check out equipuschurch.com.